All right, you know the one trick that podcasters probably don't do, but they probably right. should before every podcast? What's that? Floss. Floss. I feel so much better. I was sitting down ready to record today, and I was like, I just ate lunch. There's something in my teeth. It's really annoying. I feel like I can talk better when I've flossed. I feel like I can okay. think better as well. So, I don't know. Floss, everybody. Well, welcome to Above Dentistry <laughs> with Paul Jarvis and Jack Ellis. So you're going to be pretty mad because my waves are very, very small today and there's nothing I can do about it. So I do apologize. Yeah. Well, it'll get fixed in post by me. <laughs> it always oh. does. It's yeah. been a while. You've been avoiding me, you know, for the podcast for I think a month now. Yeah. And I made a joke. I like I said I said um, to someone, you're in military training. I forget who it was. <laughs> like it, the, the joke is funny, but I said it like it was around the Ukraine stuff, so it wasn't funny. Like I should have like, mm. thought about that because it's like, oh, he actually could be Ukrainian, and he could. But um, no, I did say you were at military training, and a lot of people still think that you are at military training when I say yeah, that. I mean, that's where a, a vegan pacifist goes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yay. So, welcome back. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you for doing that podcast. I really enjoyed the podcast. I guess it was probably two weeks ago with um, Dr. Sherry Walling. That's a great mm. episode. Yeah, I learned a lot. I came away from that thinking I had ADHD and I've been thinking it for a while, but then I think you can read the symptoms to everyone and everyone can kind of find it. And mm. you know, if you're bored of doing something and you want to do something else, I think it's pretty normal to cuz like I don't, you know, I don't fidget. I there's a whole bunch of stuff. And then someone was telling me about how he forgot to he always forgot to do his flies up or something. I don't mm. like just these weird I guess I call them weird, but they're not weird. It's a part of the diagnosis, but just stuff that I've never had. It's, it's for me, it's more that I've got loads of things that I'm trying to juggle. You know, as you know, you know, behind the scenes, we're juggling lots mm -hmm. of stuff um, and trying to keep on top of everything, but also do things that I don't necessarily want to do, but I know have to be done, that sort of thing, you know? So I think that's yeah. normal for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, especially things. Yeah. I mean, especially because we like we all you almost have to have some aspects or similar traits to ADHD to run a business simply because there's just a lot to do in different areas all the time. Like you and I were talking about this probably yesterday about how it's hard to find time to do the job where you're a programmer, I'm a designer, writer. Like it's hard yeah. to find time to do the job when you're running a business because there's so many other things involved in running a business. So, uh, and I was I was completely wiped. I think I think it was last week. I'm like why am I so exhausted? And it's like we having, you know, tax stuff that we have to be partially involved in. Mm -hmm. um, things like that that do take your energy and it's not we're not just programming you're not just designing i know you probably wish you were but yeah you know you don't get your everyday isn't designing we're running a business strategy various other things so it's definitely definitely a real i think you need to actually realize that to then you know accept yeah. it rather than be annoyed all the time so yeah I and not feel guilty yeah like there's no way either of us are ever going to have like eight hours a day 
to do that thing that we used to do. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just hard. not going to happen. The early days, it happens more. You know, I yeah. see, I see early stage founders, and I think, oh, I remember that. I remember when we were literally just doing that because we weren't exploring enterprise, which is something we can talk about. Yeah. We weren't exploring enterprise. We weren't doing X, Y, Z. It was very. We, and that we was didn't have thing. thousands of customers to support. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. That was actually funny the other day. <laughs> so why am I so exhausted? Oh, yeah. We did an infosec, um, infosec form. Yeah, (laughs) you have answered a thirteen of two hundred and fifty-seven questions. Oh, and and so we so for people that well, you people wouldn't know about this. We are. I had a conversation with Ben. Paul spoke to him about a year ago. I had a conversation with Ben, which we should have recorded, but we didn't. And I was just asking kind of, I guess, dumb questions, simple questions about enterprise because two Paul have been doing enterprise sales and they've been doing pretty well, and so. I had a lot of my mindsets challenged. You know, I had a few things that I I basically, the conversation went, okay, Ben, like, I think this, tell me how you would respond to me thinking this. It was that kind of conversation mm-hmm. where it was like, I came in with a beginner's mind and it was very good. And I came away with a lot of new mindsets and it kind of amped me up a little bit. And so me and you die at InfoSec forms, right? And we have <laughs> been, and we've been, you know, not interested in enterprise. But now I don't know about you, but, I'm seeing it now as an experiment, you know, yeah. and it may not work. We may do this. We may have to go through even more hoops and it may not end up being worth it. And that may happen. But at the same time, we could go through it and say, oh, that actually wasn't that bad. And then it becomes easier each time. And then we can eventually systemize it and, and bring someone else in to help us. Yeah, we can come up with a process for it, document that process, and then hand that process off to somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, something that Ben said that was really good is he's like, he's like, would you do it for 20 grand? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. And he basically increased the figure. And then I was like, okay, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Because what's it worth to you, you know, to do it? And when we have people that are on $34 a month, no way, we're not going to do forms. But just learning how enterprises view things completely differently, they, they don't want to do that. They want to have they want to have things done differently and if there's if they're willing to pay the price that's worth it to us then then sure you know why Mm -hmm. not and they have i think they also know that they have the budget for the annoyance (laughs) of it yeah but because they know it's going to take time they know there's going to be like po's and different other parties involved in compliance saying like they know all of this and they're like okay well this is going to cost five six figures to like get this shit done so and previously i would sort of flinch at the idea of quoting someone 50 to 100 grand for something and now that's pretty common in enterprise right that's not i'm not going to talk about what we're specifically charging people but that's pretty common you know 200 grand 300 grand sometimes and i'd sort of think why would you do that when you can just sign up and do it but it's like they don't want to they want you to go through the way they're (laughs) doing it and also for them to hire someone to do the same thing it's going to it's going to cost them like hundreds of thousands of dollars anyway Easily. plus perks plus all that stuff so it makes sense for them to just to just use fathom so i've just changed my view on it a little bit yeah and it's not like if we don't land them then it's fine if we do that's cool like we have we're in a place now like i think when we first kind of looked at this 
it was going to be like, oh, wow, one customer could bring in more revenue than all of our other customers. And that didn't seem <laughs> that didn't seem like a good idea. But mm. now, because we're so diversified with so many customers paying us on normal plans, it's like, well, if we land one of these, then that's cool. And obviously, we would notice that in our revenue. But it's not like well, we live, our business lives and dies on one customer, because I think that can be that can be risky or, or scary, yes. at least. Yeah. That's where I was wrong. And I said to Ben, like, I'm not going to say the actual percentage, but I said to Ben, okay, then what about this then? You get five, six, seven enterprise customers, huge deals. What happens then when they become the bulk of your revenue? And he turns around and it's like, this is not the case. So I've basically yeah. made this scenario up, worried about it, <laughs> avoided it. And it's just not the case. Like, could it become the case? Yeah, it could. If you're not careful, it could become the case. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't be for a, it's not for Tuple. It wouldn't be for us because we'd obviously be yeah. careful with that stuff. Yep, and it, it would have been in the beginning for sure. Like when when we were making a couple hundred bucks or like a thousand bucks a month or whatever. Like it would have been. It, it would have felt like the, where you and I come from, which is like service work for customers, where you have one mm. customer and you're just doing work for them. And I don't want to run fathom for one company. I want to run Fathom for all of the companies that want to use Fathom, yeah. right? Not exactly. Uh, you talking about that when we made very little revenue, just even thinking about how we couldn't afford the database we wanted and I had to be strategic with you know, compromising and everything. I don't, I don't miss those days. I really don't. <laughs> okay, so speaking about tech, so we talked about enterprise. That was We just went into that apparently. Yeah, but, I guess. In terms of what's happening, we've kind of been like the start of this year, since even like the end of last year, we obviously we shipped a few things, but the the focus has really been paying down technical debt and I guess fixing the foundation so that we can move faster moving forward. That's been the kind of theme, I think, for mm-hmm. for a little while. And and that's how I like so if I'm just thinking, we obviously did a lot of tests. We wrote hundreds of tests and Fathom is covered in tests, it's fantastic. And then it got into this, we get into this place where, and if anyone in the Laravel space is listening, you've probably been following along with this. Um, we, when we built Fathom, so, you know, Paul, you designed it, everything else we built, you built the front end. I took control of the JavaScript, right? I was doing all the JavaScript and the PHP. Well, what ended up happening was as I was writing it, and I remember this and I think, I want to say 2018, I forget, maybe 2019. I forget when I was actually writing the new version, the, the Laravel mm-hmm. Ember version. I use something called Ember.js, right? Ember.js is absolutely phenomenal, but no one, no one understands it. It's a very opinionated framework and it does take significant time to learn it. And I remember writing it and I remember having these thoughts. I remember where I was sitting, the desk in the UK, where I was. And I remember thinking, this code is horrible. Like, I don't like this code. And I remember fighting myself and saying, it doesn't matter about the code, doesn't matter about maintenance. Right now, your priority is getting this to the next step so that we can start to grow the business to actually ship build it. a significant business. Ship it, exactly. Yeah. And I remember feeling that and I remember knowing it would come back to bite me. And we went a long time without it really coming back to bite us. But it's safe to say now that like, we bring someone into our stack. You know, I have, like, We have hundreds of people email us Say, I'm not even exaggerating over the years, that are in the Laravel space that would love to work for Fathom, that kind of thing, either full-time or as contractors. And I can't bring them into the code base and just let them work on it. Ember is just such a step away from what they're used to, you know? Yeah. And 
I just wanted to bring our stack more in line with the people, the, the kind of the network we have, because we have a huge network in the Laravel space. You know, I'd say that I would say that over fifty percent of Laravel. Oh, this is this sounds really arrogant. I might not even be right. People know us in the Laravel space, so we're shifting yeah. to align with that so that we can hire, so that other people can work on the code base, and so that I'm not this bottleneck that I currently am with front end. Does that make sense? So you don't scale, but Laravel potentially scales. I've heard that Laravel doesn't <laughs> scale. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, that's over 20,000 people read or 20,000 people clicked onto that article in the end. It, that was a really fun article. It has yeah, that article, it's on the usefathom.com blog. Um does Laravel scale? It's a good article. A lot of people a lot of people really liked it. I think you struck a nerve. I think anytime you say, "Oh, does this thing scale?" It doesn't matter what you're talking about. Developers are going to be like, "Oh, well actually, so it makes yeah. for good reading. And everyone knows those developers that exactly well, actually, and they come up with this stupid hypothetical and they're like, oh, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. It's like, shut up. You know, what are you talking about? Like, you're not, you're not measuring your technical decisions based on if you're going to become Facebook because, and I, I wrote it in the article like this, I said, look, I'm not a pessimist. I'm an entrepreneur. I left my job, you know, I, I'm not a pessimist. I do believe in going for your goals, but you're not going to be the next Facebook. Mm-hmm. You're not. So why are we obsessing about Facebook? You know, and like, what is scale? Is Wikipedia scale? Is Wikipedia scale? Is that big scale? Oh, but it's... it won't work for enterprises. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? What, like, why won't it work for enterprises? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I just, yeah. People just get sick of those people, you know? So that was my, I called it my, hip hop fans will know what I mean when I say this, but I called it my Kendrick Lamar control verse. <laughs> hip hop fans will know what I mean by that. But yeah. So, so what are we, so, so Ember, great, but has its drawbacks because not enough people in the Laravel space know it. So you've been excited for the last little while. You've been, you've been unable to contain your excitement for the last little while. So what's been happening? We've been working on moving the entire code base to inertia. And I, I want to say, including our learning time, we have not spent that much time at all. And the cost has been really low. And we're nearly there. You know, the dashboard was a huge grind, but the other pages went relatively smoothly. And we're nearly ready to move. And we're moving to Inertia.js. And I'm not going to get into the whole Inertia.js live wire Alpine thing. The reason that we went with and I, I will blog about this, by the way, but I'm not going to get into it now. But mm-hmm. the reason we went with Inertia.js is actually because it has an SP, it has SPA built in. So currently in our code base, we have duplicate routing. We have to have a separate API in the back end and a separate front end routing um, layer. And that's fine. If we were doing mobile apps and we wanted to have different front ends that digest an API, I'd say, look, that's great. We want to have a more server-side rendered app where everything is kind of coupled together. Like we really do. It doesn't matter if the routing the routing is all done in the server and is matched on the client. Like that's a good thing for our situation. And so it's just making things simpler. So like when you're using Vue.js and, and I think React as well, or don't quote me on that, but I think React as well. <laughs> Vue.js we're using. Everything's together. You know, it's in a single file. There are areas of our application right now you know, I call it in the Ember setup, where everything's just broken up and it's in separate parts. You have like something in templates, then you have something in templates slash components, and you have then you have components JavaScript files, and then you have a root file and a controller file, and there's just so much going on, and it's all spread out. 
And again, that was fine when you had a small code base. We're trying to do more things. We're trying with you know, finalizing teams, all that stuff. We need to have it so that someone can come in and say, oh, okay, everything's just together. It's just easy. Mm-hmm. And so far, Vue.js is absolutely remarkable. You know, I'm just completely blown away with how much. And, and Vue.js are actually a customer of ours, which is even better. <laughs> but I've slept on it and everything just feels easy. You know, there are a few things such as, you know, um, the history state, uh, inertia didn't do what I wanted to outside of, uh, out of the box, but that's fine. And then we're just, we're just really just pushing to get working with inertia. And then the cool thing is we can bring people in. Our developer, for example, that we have full time, his background was in Vue.js. So mm-hmm. suddenly his productivity on the front end has gone from like a, like a one to literally like a thousand on the front I've end. I've noticed in his commits to the repo. Because <laughs> he's comfortable. Yeah. And Laravel developers are mostly comfortable with Vue.js, you know, and, and doing, you know, controllers and stuff. And when, we're, when you're in the position we're, we're, that we're in, you need to have comfortable developers, including me, so that we can ship fast, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. We're not shipping features like we want to be. We've got a few things that are on the back burner because we're having to make this decision. And it's hard because in the moment you're like, I want to ship features, I want to do this, but this is going to make things a lot easier. And it's going to make it so that when I can't code, we can bring people in that can code, you know, I have to do other stuff. Yeah, which is happening as as we grow. You and I have less time to do the things that we started doing. And we now have to make sure that we're not the single point of failure in the company, which makes and sense. My, my writing too. You know, I like to write. I like yeah. to explain what we're doing. People like reading it. They learn stuff from it. Um, we can't really, we couldn't outsource what I do in terms of the writing. You know, mm-hmm. that isn't, that literally is not possible to get that combo package of everything. You know, distribution, the writing, all of that stuff. But we can bring, like, I'm a pretty mediocre developer, like all things considered. We can easily bring in people that can code better than me you know, and that are faster than me and everything else. So I'm just sort of really paying attention to this. And and yeah, that's that's what's been on my mind a lot. And I'm excited for when we bring more people on. If their contractors are full-time, I don't know what it will look like. Yeah. But I really am leaning into that, you know, leaning into that, I guess, CTO manager style position. Yeah. Embracing it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I think that that's, it's, a, it's a smart thing to do for where we're at, especially with the way our, our growth has been pretty consistent, pretty decent. And so as we grow, we don't, we're not trying to build the next Facebook as, as Jack said, but our team is going to grow. It doesn't have to grow huge. It doesn't have to grow quickly, but we do need to grow when it's too painful not to grow, which is kind yes. of what we've been doing anyways. Right. So yeah, it's a lot. And it's a lot of technical explanation to the, the cool thing here is that I haven't got to justify like you get the gist of it. Um, and you trust what I say, like, I haven't got to try and justify it to a board of directors. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and then they keep on pushing and they like, why are things moving so slow? Whereas I can look at it and say, things are moving slow, because no one understands the front end code, I can't just bring someone in, they take probably two, three weeks to get somewhat productive with it. It's like, no, this isn't the right thing to do. So I can I can do it without any need to justify it a ton i could justify it i suppose but it's nice not having to do that you know yeah and i think the other thing for that you and i both need to remember too is that like we're growing based on current features right like obviously Mm -hmm. we know we need more features and we're committed to doing things like the public api and and teams and and all of that and like those things are going to happen but 
not having them isn't hampering anything at the moment. So why not <laughs> make, know. well, why not make our code base better and more resilient and more redundant? Yes. And, and why not switch to something that's going to help us in the future? Right. So like, I think it makes that like, I, I feel that pain of not shipping features as well. But like, I know that this is the best thing for Fathom long term, which is how we're always thinking is, is this a good decision for now? And is this is a good, is this a good decision for like next year and five years kind of thing? Because we don't want to ship shit, basically. <laughs> A lot of people don't mind. You have like you have to ship rapidly and make and build technical debt in the early days, right? I'm not, I'm yeah, not saying that sure. shipping shit, but you have to make technical debt. One thing, one thing I will say is that I've noticed a few people in other SaaS companies that have done this, and they're going to get to this point, by the way, where they struggle. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to mention Groove HQ on the podcast. There was a big blog post the CEO did. They had got so much technical debt and people just felt completely crippled. They couldn't make any progress. Their competitors were getting ahead of them. And like the guy was talking about like selling the business, or I forget the specifics, but it was really stressful. That's that's what can happen. If you don't pay down technical debt, and this all came from me. I was sitting with it and like I had this real this discomfort that kept on coming back. It felt like something wasn't right. And I just kept and like it kept coming back and coming back. And then suddenly it just kind of clicked. And now we started doing the move and I'm seeing how much progress we're making. Mm-hmm. Like you, we, can, we can spec stuff and people can come into our code base and build it. It's not the same as it was before. We haven't got to worry about managing state on the client, state on the server. It's like the whole state can refresh or you can make it so it doesn't. It's just a whole different, a whole different ball game, basically. Mm-hmm. So it feels, it feels good and I'm, I'm excited. I'm genuinely really excited. It's a lot of work, but the work is worth it. Yeah, and yeah. You I, talk about our growth. I've seen some. I've seen numbers from various SASs. You know, they post these average growths and stuff. We're doing ridiculously good, and I'm. I always like. I always assume I was like, oh yeah, we're doing all right. We're probably you know under. We're not under average. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> in terms of dollars, month over month growth is absolutely out, outstanding. It's not an, an arrogant thing, but it's kind of nuts. Yeah. So you're right. We are growing without doing the stuff. Yeah. It's, and, and we're going to do the stuff anyway. So it's just going to help. <laughs> like, it's just going to yeah. be icing on the cake at that point. So, and then we can, yeah, bring in a couple key folks that we, that we want to bring in to, yeah, help take us to the next level after this level. Outside of that, there's, a lot of, there's loads of stuff going on. Like I just, I had a meeting, I was working with our our database provider single store and we had a bunch of meetings and then i spoke with an expert um carl i spoke to an expert carl there and they helped us get a bunch of queries into place and so now we're going to move towards bringing things like entry pages exit pages um kind of surfacing more information about the anonymized journey that was taken to conversions that sort of thing Mm -hmm. things are going to be way more powerful but again it's like it's to get into the current dashboard i've got to refactor so much stuff and it's all kind of it's all messy. Whereas now I've just changed the boxes. So they're kind of agnostic in a way, and you can just inject what you want and they just display. So like yeah. the server can decide to show event that it's, it's yeah, it's too much going on. I'm just not going to nerd out because I know I'm, I had a bit of caffeine and we'll probably nerd out. <laughs> There's a lot going on. So yeah, we're going to show people. It'll be, it'll be out. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say when, but. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to cut. If you say when it's going to be out, I'm going to cut that from the episode. Oh, no. I'll <laughs> stop. I'll stop. Uh, oh, do you want to talk about that, actually? You want to talk about Google? Sure. 
This is like a smorgasbord of an episode. I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's funny because like pull. people haven't people have people hear this every two weeks this show every two weeks but like you and i yeah. haven't sat down and record for probably two months so it feels it like that long? it's probably because the, you talked to dr walling on the show there i think there was another episode and then we recorded a bunch uh before i was out of office for a bit so like it's right. it's been a while okay so what's happening with google what if, what have google done now it wasn't, it was going to be, I was going to update on the Google Analytics import because I mean, like we have technical listeners, right? We have engineers that listen to this. So I never feel too guilty about getting nerdy. Long story short, Google OAuth has limitations that just aren't going to work for us at the scale we need to operate at. Um, and so we're moving to Google service accounts. So you can enter in that data, you upload some kind of JSON file. I don't know the specifics because um, I didn't build that part, which is nice. And then you can import things and you can drill down into the data. So it's not just like an aggregated view. You can actually drill down into the data. And we had it all built and it was kind of ready to go, but it wasn't built in a way that would scale, you know, with with limits and things like that. So we have to make it so it can scale because it's like it's hundreds of thousands of sites. We can't just, do, if we deploy anything, it yeah. has to operate at scale, which is another thing it gets in the way um, sometimes is because it's like, this has got to scale. Make sure this scales. Well, but it, it also is, needs to close. work. It, like, if, if you couldn't filter the data, like, how was that useful? Well, it's, n- it's not really. Yeah, it's, which is yeah. why we had to kind of scrap it, go back to the go back to the drawing board, and and come up with a way to import the data in a way that the data is useful. It's not just there; it's useful and too. Time zones, time zones too. Things yeah. like having it by the hour so that the time zones accurate. There was a bunch of stuff there. Um, yeah, c- the combination of the metrics, that sort of thing, because. And you know, you know this, but one of our things is that we don't just rush something and have it all scrappy. Because, like, what's the point? Yeah, I feel pretty confident that this is going to be the best universal analytics importer. Oh, by by far, I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah, by far. Nice. On that note, I think we should wrap up and call it a day. On that terrible Um, disappointment, the end. (laughs) 